Hey, been a while, isn't it? Hey? Oh, welcome to the Rioters Review, a branch of Riot Act. Oh, I like that. The Alternative Music Podcast. It's been a very, 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 very long time since we did one of these. If you're mm. listening to this on our Patreon page, <laughs> we used to like go, oh, if you're not listening to this on, page, on the Patreon page, we've bloody, you're the people you're miles ahead now on the Patreon page rather than the freebies. You're way behind. You're probably not, actually. I don't know. I think we stopped giving them out for free as well so that patrons would still be ahead. Okay. I All can't right, remember. I need, right. to, I need to. Well, I'll stick by it. Hey, listen, if you've gone over to our Patreon page and you're listening to this on our Patreon page, thank you very much for your support. And if your support has been continuing through the waned last few months, then doubly, doubly, trebly, mm. thank mm. you very much for your support because yeah, we haven't really you. given you, not even really, we haven't given you anything other than our weekly free podcast, which is great, by the way. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, it's my favourite podcast. Is it? No. What's your favourite podcast? Oh, I don't know. Um, I like, I really like All Killer No Filler, mate. Do you? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's mm. good. Anyway, don't listen to that. Listen to us. It's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, what we do here is the people on our Patreon page suggest albums. We take those suggestions, we listen to those albums, and we come on here and we chat about the record. Today, we are going to be talking about Biffy Clyro's second album, The Vertigo of Bliss, mm. as suggested by Callum McMillan, an album uh, that came out on the 16th of June, 2003. If you do want to join our Patreon page, if you're listening to this for free, way into the future um when we've died and are no longer part of this pathetic world um <laughs> then uh you can go to riot act uh, you patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast been a while clearly um <laughs> but anyway thank you very much if if you uh, have contributed if you haven't go and do that now because come on um <laughs> sort yourself out (laughs) sorry mate Vertigo of Bliss uh, Renfrey you were mad mad keen to chat Biffy Clyro and particularly this record yes absolutely Um, let's take each other back to the 16th of June 2003 hand in hand and if you like yeah uh, oh and uh, and try and remember just what that was like remember 2003 uh yeah i was 18 um i think i just moved to oxford exciting stuff uh in fact i did because i remember seeing biffy clyro loads at the old oxford zodiac oh the oxford zodiac hello, alan day the... alan day hello alan Putting them on. yeah yeah um and um i was aware I, I knew biffy clyro um from black and sky their previous album and um, thought they were really really cool interesting band they sounded genuinely like nothing else i'd really heard at that point i suppose in the manner of how kind of um i mean i suppose in a sense it was post-hardcore but it was done in such a melodic kind of interesting bouncy way Mm. that's that's a really odd way to describe it but you know their songs if you take a song like just boy from the first record or 57 and 27 like they had really really big hooks but then you wouldn't know where the songs were going to go next. They just went into a really all sorts of different odd territory and they sounded like a very unique band um, in their own genre almost. And there were other bands who were doing similar-esque snuff. Your code name is Milo, I guess. They used to tour with Oceanside quite a lot. I don't mm-hmm. think it was exactly the same thing. but McCluskey? McCluskey, I think, is fair. Um, but Biffy, for me just always had something special about them um i liked black and sky a lot but vertigo of bliss i think was the point where i went 
okay, I don't like this band. I fucking adore them. Mm. Um, I absolutely adore this album. Um, it is my favourite Biffy Clyro album. It was then, and it probably still is now. Occasionally, Infinity Land rears its ugly little distorted odd head mm. and goes i'm really good as well which it is <laughs> mm. um but i just i think this is such a um acerbic yet poppy yet melodic yet angular yet weird record and just it doesn't really sound like anything else in my opinion yeah um, let me fill you in on what I was at. So I was 23. I think Biffy in 2003, this is just before they played the main stage at the Reading Festival. Yes. They played uh, it on, they played it on this record, but yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, so that was 2004. Cause I saw them at Leeds that year. They opened up. Are you sure? I think it was 2003. That they Sorry. No, main... you are absolutely right. I apologize. Yeah. I mean, that is off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure. Cause that was the first year I so I'd been to Reading Festival. I was, to give you a bit of background, I was 23. I would be a couple of months away from moving out of um, Hampshire and moving to Essex to go to drama school. Exciting stuff. And I obviously I was having to save up quite a lot of money. And every year from 1996 to 2002, I went to Reading Festival. 2003 was the first year that I didn't go to Reading Festival. Ah, and Metallica, a lot, Metallica, Metallica played yeah. that day. Yeah, it was also 50 Cent and uh, the Rasmus. All that shit happened that year as well. Uh, no, that was 2005. Um, 2005? Oh, yeah, 50 Cent. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, it was uh, Metallica, System of a Down, Primal Scream, um, and others, but yeah. Biffy Clyro, Biffy Clyro opened the, the main stage. Main stage, yeah, day. they did. You're quite right, and and um, certainly in Leeds, bemused a lot of people. <laughs> well, a lot of my friends came back from Reading Festival, and I felt a bit jealous. And they all went. Biffy Clyro were fucking unbelievable. Oh, they fantastic! Were the best band of the day. Oh, amazing! A lot of cool. people said that to me, and I was like, oh, really? Because I was like, oh. Okay, I really wasn't interested in that band. That's funny. Right. And they were like, oh, no, they were really, really good. And I was like, I just... And I saw Biffy as the sandwich between two bands that I really liked at the Red in Alley Cat a couple of years before. Um, they opened for Hell is for Heroes and were the main support. And this girl, who we actually are going to be talking about on yep. another writer's review very, very soon. I believe that was the first time I saw Biffy Clyro. Right, at Red in Alley Cat. Uh, no, sorry, on that tour oh, on in that tour, Bristol. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually so met them that show as well because, yeah. little interesting story, um, they, yes, as you rightly said, they opened that support, uh, they, they opened that tour and uh, I think they played to 12 people mm. at the Bristol show. And, yeah, um, similar at Reading. They, 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 you know, this girl went first and they played to hardly anyone. Yeah, yeah. And I think Biffy played to, it was, probably, it was more than 12, it was probably about sort of, 40 or 50 people right okay well yeah. it, it it really was about a dozen i mean uh, you know obviously memory and all that kind of thing not mm. not the most uh reliable thing but um of the dozen or so people in there myself and my two friends were the only people who were paying any attention or even like applauding between songs and stuff and they basically sort of came up to us after us and thanked us and stuff and gave us some whiskey gave us uh, other things um, and it was good fun. <laughs> it was really, really good fun. They were lovely people. We Never lovely accept night. sweets off of strangers, by the way, guys. They were long, thin sweets, <laughs> which matchmakers. smelled straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mint matchmakers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love a... Darling, can you go get some mint matchmakers? 
Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'll get some later. Uh, so you're not, um, you're not. That's not a euphemism for like marijuana, is it? Because no. oh, mine was. Oh right. Oh yeah, oh. Yeah. Hmm, I did not see that coming. <laughs> so so. But the thing is, so I knew the guys in this girl because my band played with them. Quite oh a really? Lot. Oh yeah. cool. So um, we actually went down really to see this girl. Yeah. Like I quite yeah, like her yeah. as a heroes, but I went to see this girl. Yeah. And so. While Biffy was the band, this girl, not yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I went. The band. To, I went to see this girl. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's quite funny about it, and now on reflection, feels very silly, is that I didn't really watch Biffy Clyro. Oh, really? Okay. I just sort of poked my head around the door a couple of times in the bar, and I was like, "Oh, they seem all right." And I didn't really pay hardly any attention to them at all. So mm-hmm. I always say, oh, "I saw Biffy Clyro at the Renata Cat." Truth of the matter is, I was sort of just chatting to the guys from this girl yes and i think i probably went in and watched like two or three songs yeah of their set which probably was about half the set because they were only playing for like 40 minutes I think they played six songs yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um and hence like you know i didn't really have much of an opinion on biffy clyro for a very very long time um and it wasn't until people came back from Reading and were telling me how great they were that I was like, oh, are they oh, okay? Oh, are they really? Oh. And I kept thinking to myself, I should go and check out Biffy Clyro. And I sort of didn't until Infinity Land came out. Right, and I okay. think I saw, um, it wasn't Glitter and Trauma. It was, um, uh, what's the third track on Infinity Land? What was the single they released from Infinity Land? It was on MTV one day. And I was like, this is really fucking weird. Oh, my, my recovery injection right, yeah, um, yeah. was on MTV one day. And I saw that and I was like, oh. Mm. And I went and bought Infinity Land. And then I was like, oh, I like this band. Mm. But bonkers record I Infinity never Land. went back to the first two records, Black and Skies of Vertigo and Bliss, until Post Puzzle. Oh, wow. Okay. Big mistake. <laughs> Both excellent records, in my mm. opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think I like Black and Skies a bit more than I like Vertigo Bliss. If oh, I'm really? Being perfectly. Honest. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but as I confessed to you just before we did this, they're not two albums that I really ever listened to. Right. Right. Okay. So I think it's probably been. Um, it's not true to say. I said to you earlier, I was like, oh, it's been about 12 years, 12, 15 years since I listened to it. That's not true. I did listen to them about three or four years ago when I was doing something with a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I remember being like, oh, this is this is good. This mm. is really good. Mm. Um, but they're not my go-to Biffy albums. Mm. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm one of those, I suppose I sort of grew up with them and, and stuff and I was there i was there man i was there at the time this is around the time when biffy clyro toured relentlessly i think i've mentioned it on the podcast before but there was a i believe it was a tour for one of the singles on this album i want to say it was either the ideal high or questions and answers maybe Mm. where they were touring a single and it was like 30 dates in the UK. It was just yeah, ridiculous. Mad. They used to play places like Wrexham mm-hmm. and Bridge End or Bridgewater or, you know, Taunton. You know, like it was, it was just mad. And consequently, because they toured all the bloody time, they were an incredible live act. Uh, still are, to be fair. Um, and yeah, yeah, sure. 
like I think always will be because those guys really worked their asses off and whilst I am definitely one of those fans who does personally prefer early Biffy to latter day Biffy I've never begrudged them the massive massive success that they've got now because a I think they absolutely deserve it they were by far one of the hardest working bands in the country and b I think they genuinely did have their own kind of thing going on um whilst there were quite a few bands that you could uh describe as sort of post-hardcore with a bit of melodic stuff and angular bits and pieces in them no one quite did it like Biffy Clyro. They did always feel like they existed. I mean, this is the thing. Like people will probably be a little bit surprised to hear that I didn't really go fully in on Biffy Clyro when, you know, I pretty much devoured every, everything and anything new. Surprising that you loved Out the Driving and didn't go on on Biffy Clyro, for example. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, no, you're right. It is. And, um, and I guess, and especially when you think there's stuff like Spy versus Spy and Future mm. Adventures and bands like that yeah. who were... Uh, within the British underground at that, at that period who I fucking loved or, Absolutely. you know, um, Jerry built. And then I was like, you know, shit like Garrison, which I know is American, yeah. but Douglas. obviously, yeah. And, and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, scuttle and kids near water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there are a whole bunch of that. And I was, all, but they all felt like they belonged to a scene together. Yeah. Whereas even the hell is for heroes, Biffy Clario, this girl tour, it felt like, Hellas for Heroes and this girl are kind of related. Yeah. And then Biffy Clyro yeah. just... And I remember being like, they've just got these fans that just... They just have this crazy, like... Particularly in Scotland, you'd read about it in Kerrang. Like, I remember them yeah. playing in Glasgow, and I think it was on... It might have even been before they had an album out. And Kerrang were like, this band, if they went anywhere else in the country there'd be nobody there, but they've sold out like the cat house in Glasgow yeah. or the garage yeah. in Glasgow, somewhere where, um, you know, the big, not big, big bands, but like fairly sizable established bands would struggle to sell out and they've yeah. sold out and they didn't even have an album out yet. And people are like crying watching them and stuff. And I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. And it, it just felt completely removed from everything else. It was Biffy Clyro and they didn't have any peers and they didn't have anything that was going on alongside them that really meant that there was a way. I don't know. And it was just like, I don't, where's, where's the way in? I think I totally agree. I think they had a lot of support up in Scotland um, from the beginning. And I think the reason for that, I mean, whilst this is Biffy's second album, they'd actually been a band for about seven years because mm. they all met at school. And they started in 95, I think. And they'd released uh, an EP called uh, Inami, Inami, something like that, um, which was released on, do you remember that band, Aerogram? Yes, I do. Um, Aerogram, another brilliant band. Well, the dude's in um, churches now. That's right, yeah. Um, Aerogram had a record label and they released Inami on that. Um, And so I think they had a lot of support and had had, they'd been going... They, they they appeared to arrive with their debut with Black and Sky relatively fully formed because in, in actual fact they'd been a band and gigging together and stuff like that for about five or six years before that came out. Um, I think, um, but, I mean, Vertigo Bliss for me is where it 
all really really came together because i just i i, I love every single song on this record <laughs> I, I just i think it's a, i remember at the time it was pretty much my album of the year that year and i remember being absolutely furious that Koran gave it four k's because really? i think it deserved five yeah. yeah um i think i probably still think it deserves five k's i was listening to it on the way here and yeah i think it's just an incredible record it's produced by chris sheldon Mm-hmm. Uh, he's produced a, a huge mix of amazing stuff Foo Fighters, Garbage, Feeder, Therapy, Ocean Size, Pix- Pixies, Terrorvision, Anthrax, The Vandals, 100 Reasons, Three Colours Red, Amplifier and My Vitriol to name but a few um, and I feel like for a long time people didn't take Biffy Clyro seriously because they just saw them as that weird band with the weird name yeah. and for ages you'd get people like actually thinking that Simon Neal was a, a man called Biffy Clyro and yeah. all this sort of bullshit, you know, bloody blah, blah. And that, you know, that was like a genuine thing for quite a long time. But then this album reached uh, number 48 on the UK album charts, which doesn't sound all that impressive, but actually for an album that's sort of abrasive and as weird mm. as it is. And and also it, has, it came out on Beggar's Banquet, which is not a big. Yeah, it came out label. on Beggar's Banquet, which is an independent label. And also it, uh, the cover depicts a woman having a lovely time on her own (laughs) she's masturbating um you know and and just for uh, even that just the fact that that album you know Mm. like charted because i mean yeah it was it was quite it was unexpected i think for a lot of people Mm. and uh questions and answers which was one of the singles from this um album perfectly good song but probably one of the weakest songs on the album in my opinion if i'm honest uh got to number 23 in the singles charts and all that kind of thing so things started sort of to happen for them um and it was recorded in uh great linford manor in milton Keynes, of all places where all great art comes from Mm. the thing that constantly amazes me about this record and i had to i had i knew this was a fact but i had to recheck it earlier today just to like be am i sure this is true before i commit this to digital tape this album was recorded in one day are we, you fucking serious we do, we don't record these for the youtubes but uh mr stephen hill's mouth just dropped a little bit there yes this album was recorded in one day and actually listening to it on the way here you can kind of hear it. Now, to give people, if you've never been in a recording studio or never been in a band, a lot of you probably would have been, but a lot of people will take a day to do a drum track for one song, let alone recording an entire record in a day. But this album, it's not, it's, I, I had to, you have to kind of Google, I had to Google like um, how long, uh, re- recorded in one day and but like but it was on the guardian review it was on it was on a few reviews basically saying yeah it's just recorded 2002 2003 at great linford manor eden studios the church studio it says it's got four different studios so i'm not ah, uh, ah. so the basic tracks as in the basic sort of songs basically the biffy clyro parts were recorded in one day right but of course there's strings on this record and there's yeah. a few little like overdubs and bits and pieces over the top of it and stuff like that so that's that stuff recorded and then it's probably mixed somewhere else and stuff like that but mm. the basic tracks the basic songs the basic skeletons of everything i think i believe including the vocals um were all recorded in one day how long how fucking long what time do they start <laughs> yeah, exactly got up fucking early it's crazy isn't it it's crazy and for such a diverse record as well it's like that's absolutely bonkers but when you listen to it 
it's kind of it kind of makes sense because it, it has a very loose very live feel to it yeah, a lot of this album that, yeah. it doesn't have there are some overdubs and stuff and there are some string bits and so on and so forth but for the most part there aren't that many guitar overdubs or vocal overdubs certainly infinity land they experimented a lot more with overdubbing and like mm. playing with different kind of like electronic sounds and so on and so forth but i mean the story goes this bit i can't confirm as much but i sort of vaguely remember having a conversation with one of the twins about this again maybe whilst um imbibing a mint matchmaker uh where they they said something like beggar's banquet had given them a budget for a week and they basically went in they did it in a day and then just played playstation for the rest of the week um supposedly in this in this manner whilst chris sheldon was mixing it together and all that kind of thing so yeah and it, and it has that kind of live um frenetic feel to it but then at the same time especially on songs like with a plom or a day of or um oh what's the uh, all all the way down prologue the all the way down chapter one yeah, chapter one thank you um where especially when these strings come in there's this sort of weird whilst it is all live it does have this, this massive epic feel to it as well and it mm. bounces between these two extremes in quite in a really unusual way for records records usually tend to just do one or the other mm. um and i think that's something that i just adore about it it just it just sounds really again you just don't really know where it's gonna go mm. next um and you know one moment it's really sort of beautiful and um poppy and melodic and then if you take a song like uh oh, what's the fourth track called a day of a day of yeah it's a great song it's just a scream really for like two and a half minutes such a know? weird riff as well such a weird angular uh odd riff yeah very very off kilter and bizarre kind mm. of quite a lot of fugazi-esque stuff in it. yeah this is like fugazi it's but a sped lot of fugazi, up yeah 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 and you know fugazi is something that i still really like biffy a lot but i think fugazi is one of the elements that latter day it I feel like there are things that have been taken out of the Biffy Clyro sound now. I think they have been replaced with other stuff, mm -hmm. stuff that I don't like as much, if I'm totally honest. Um, there are obvious things like, you know, there's a lot less screaming in Biffy Clyro songs these days, um, if any at all. Um, the new soundtrack album was a outlier with that, but generally there isn't much screaming there stuff. But I think if you go under more, in, in a, go under the surface a little bit, that Fugazi element has pretty much been eradicated now from mm. what they do, more or less. Yeah, well, no, it's a bit of a lot. I mean, I think like one of the things that people who don't care for those first three Biffy Clyro albums mm. would say is that it's all just kind of esoteric, angular, discordant, you know, unevolved noise, rubbish. And I think that's bollocks. Questions and answers from yeah, this album. I think even yeah, even on this record. Um, the ideal height yeah i think there's there's plenty uh i think when you get to infinity land maybe like you say there's a lot more it because it, it's beefier i do there's a lot more like, yeah it's definitely it's beefier. beefier isn't it so i think it kind of flushes that sound out a bit but you know on these first two records and there's on this record the idea that you'd put this on and you just hear like oh, i don't know 
the blood, like Blood Brothers or something. Blood curdling screams. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, well, the, that's just not a- accurate at all. The first album, there isn't uh, Black and Sky. There isn't a proper kind of like there's a backing scream on the second song, but there isn't like a proper front vocal um, off kilter scream on that album until the fourth track. I don't yeah. think. Um, you know, it starts with Joy, Discovery, Invention, which is probably still one of the most melodic songs and one of the most beautiful songs I've ever written. Yeah. Um, then goes into 57, then there's Just Boy. You know, the, the none of them... Uh, 57 has backing vocals that are screamed, but that's it. It's not until the fourth track um, that there's front-loaded uh, front screams, if you will. So, mm. yeah, that's nonsense. I mean, obviously, this... This album starts with uh, Bodies in Flight, which is pretty abrasive. Mm-hmm. And again, another weird track. Like, just... <laughs> well, the the lead vocal is kind of done by the twins on 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 that. Um, the You're Free to Do What We Want You stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, that's a really weird, abrasive, jumpy, jaunty track. I remember kind of my old band trying to cover it and... It sounds deceptively simple, and yet it's really weird and difficult to put together. You know mm. that song, but um, I think it Go rides on. it rides a really beautiful line between chaos and melody. This album, which is something that I really they, adore do, they about do that it. very well. I, the thing the thing about Biffy is is that for all the people that say. You get these people who love the early stuff and they go, it's sold out now. And for all the people who go, oh, I don't like the early stuff, it's just a load of noise. And now they can actually write good songs. To me, I mean, they have changed quite a lot over the years. Obviously, obviously they have. But I listen to this, I listen to the new record, and I don't really feel like those bands are so different that, you know, sometimes you listen to a band and you go, oh my God. I can't believe that was that and they yeah. they were that. Well, I don't feel that about it. Yeah, I, I, I actually kind of agree with you. I, I, I see what you're saying about things getting smoothed off and bits mm. have changed and bits have been replaced. And like, I get that. It's definitely less acerbic and less weird. Mm. I think what what upset me at the time, because it was only Revolutions. Where I, and the thing is, is only Revolutions is a brilliant record. Yeah. But I remember it took me a long time to get into it because it was the point where I felt like I'd lost... <laughs> my band um, which is such a shitty thing to say but i think a lot of people felt ownership over biffy clyro yeah um between the first and f- and fourth record mm-hmm. um and then uh mountains i mean mountains is absolutely derided <laughs> by a large portion of the biffy clyro f- um fan base because that was kind of the turning point i remember seeing them at brixton academy and uh, they went into mountains and it felt like about a third of the crowd just left it was like a protest it was like a weird silent protest um which is bloody stupid because mountains is a fucking great song yeah and it also Um, you know they they strike the sort of people that you know like metallica play fucking nothing else matters and mm. you know i want whiplash and it's like well you're not getting it like admittedly i've said on this podcast before that nothing else matters is my piss break but yes i understand exactly what you're talking about and the sandman sabotry whatever mm-hmm. anything with the black mm-hmm. album people mm-hmm. are like going mad at the black album you know i guess it's just sort of like sometimes those bands they need to make those albums don't they, they need to change yeah. in in that manner yeah. and you know biffy clyro i think with the venues they were playing uh, they had to kind of take that into consideration a little bit and i think the fact that the, that kernel more than the kernel like a lot of that that band still exists within what Biffy Clyro do now, far more than they do in... I mean, you look at a lot of the, the I guess, their peers, the Killers, Kings of Leon, yep. you know, Muse. Yep. Um, but 
Red, or even going back, you know, to a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, those totally. bands really have really just gone, nah, fuck yep. it. Anything that was dangerous or different or unique or interesting about us, we have to get rid of. Yeah, I definitely don't think you can say that about Biffy. They're still a really weird, awkward band. They're not as weird as they used to be, and I understand why people miss it, and I, and I do to a degree. Mm. And, you know, we reviewed that, um, the Balance Not Symmetry um a soundtrack album soundtrack, that came out yeah. and i was just delighted that some of that was back um mm. again um whether that will continue for their albums or not i don't know it remains to be seen but um it's interesting what you're saying about selling out because i found a um old interview with them from around this time and it actually mentioned selling out right and i was like oh this is probably going to be quite interesting to read out because a lot of people are going to a lot of people listening to this will will think that Biffy Clyro sold out. I don't think they ever did. But um, someone asked them, so what about the music scene at the moment? There's all this talk about bands selling out. What do you think about that? Do you think there is such a thing as a band selling out? And Simon uh, replied, I think there is, yeah. I think it's just. Be- I think it's um, because a band is signed to a major label. Just because a band is signed to a major label doesn't mean they're selling out. I think you're selling out if you're doing something that goes against what people expect of you or something. Some bands that get accused of selling out, like Cave-In, they signed to a major label and people thought they, was, they had sold out, but they're still writing eight-minute rock songs. I don't really see that as selling out. But a band like Linkin Park, which is blatantly catered for a mainstream audience, it's the lowest common denominator. It's fairly evident when bands are complete sellouts. Um, And then later on in the interview, the interviewer asked, do you like being a smaller type of band or would you rather be up and selling loads more records? And Simon said, well, you want as many people... You want as many people to as possible to hear your music because that's why you do it primarily. You don't do it for yourself, but you want people to like it. But, you know, we wouldn't mind being a big band. It doesn't affect how we are at the moment. We're doing what we want to do, touring, uh, touring around and releasing albums. But there's not really much more to it than that. But kind of interesting hearing that interview. It's not the most engaging answers in the world, but interesting to considering where they are now. Because mm. they are a massive behemoth in this country, at least anyway. I mean, I think the thing that we have to remind ourselves of Biffy Clyro is their their only absolutely humongous in the uk mm. um bit like the oasis effect in a in a sense yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just the difference is oasis went on about how they were the biggest band in the world and biffy Clyro <laughs> don't um, <laughs> um <laughs> never left the country <laughs> but um uh yeah i mean in america biffy play like three two thousand three thousand cap venues mm. i i believe i believe yeah. that is still where they are at the moment uh, whereas over here they'll play arenas, and I and I understand, but, but to me that that goes to show that they haven't sold out because exactly. if they they would have surely have much better success in America if Simon Neil put on an American twang, if they made everything a little bit more polished, like you know even the new albums, even Ellipsis, which I think is not a great record, it's probably their weakest record really. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. It's still quite wiry and odd, and there's little blast beat moments in it, and exactly you know, it's, there's, yeah. there's bits in it. It's walls, not like this. Even Walls of Winter, which was the first single from that record, is not a conventional rock song, yeah. I don't think, at all. No. It's, it's, it's for the mainstream at the very least, it's an odd song. Look at like Stinging Bell from yeah. Opposites. That's a weird song. It's yeah. not weird compared to some of the material on this, but it's still a weird song. You know, it's unusual. Yeah, certainly. But this, um, you know, I think it's that th- they carry, for me, they carry enough of 
Vertigo of Bliss mm. with them to this day. Whether they play those songs live, I don't know how many of these songs they play live these days. Oh, Not many. Hardly any. Um, I remember they played um, uh, track six, A Day On. Diary of uh, Always. Diary of Always. They played Diary of Always at Wembley Arena when they first played it, but that was around only Revolutions. Mm. I mean, these days. I think sometimes they still bring out Diary of Always. I'm just trying to remember if they played it at the O2, which is probably the last time I saw them. I think maybe they did. But it, it, one or two maximum, mm. probably. Mm. But regardless, I think they still carry the kind of principles of, to, to my ears, they still kind of carry, at least carry the principles of what this album is trying to achieve, which is, as you said, that very eclectic balance between a unique a unique sound of their own and something more epic yeah 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 and i can hear that on this like do you know what i mean you know it does sound raw it does sound um unrefined and it does sound you know like there are some riffs that you just go how is that the main riff to the song yes it's like yeah sounds like a fucking brett hines guitar solo well a day of is a really good yeah. example and yeah. um but you know there are bits of it that are sweeping and epic and catchy and yeah and all those other things and that's why i've always the kind of being someone who observes bliffy cairo from slightly further back i do always uh, just look at people who pick a side and go i don't get it yeah 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 i i, I i'm kind of with you um whilst at the same time admitting that if Biffy Clyro did decide to go back to this sound. I can't imagine they would. But if they did, I'd also be absolutely delighted. Um, they played a Shepherd's Bush Empire show for War Child uh, three or four years ago. Mm. And I um, uh, reviewed it for The Independent. And they supported themselves. And they supported themselves and played 12 songs, four from each of the first three records. And I felt, well how old was i 18 again um and you know it was amazing and i do i do love this stuff um but then at the same time taking one of your examples if you compare funky monks is it funky Monk, uh, freaky styly sorry mm. to i'm with you um red hot chili peppers for those who aren't aware what i'm talking about that that sounds like two completely different bands whereas i don't think the vertigo of bliss and opposites you can st you can see the through line definitely yeah i agree good pick good album it's good to listen back to that because like i said i don't very often listen to that part mm. of if Clyro's career to be perfectly honest um i reckon i listen to the vertigo bliss three or four times a year at least still yeah, yeah, i okay. adore it yeah but um thanks very much for supporting us on patreon page uh on on patreon page on our patreon page oh, if that's what you've been doing um if you've been listening to this for free shame on you scum <laughs> um but thanks for tuning in all the same we'll be back that's what i've one. missed about doing these the most is here you go scum yeah uh thanks guys um we'll be back with another one of these probably this girl yeah soon yeah cheers that's it <laughs>